0: Chapter 8 of the Nest of the Sparrowhawk by Emma Orxy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Dion gines Salt Lake City, Utah. Prince amide de Orleans. At first it seemed as if the stranger meant to beat a precipitate and none too dignified retreat, now that the adoring eyes of Lady Sue were no longer upon him but mistress de chavasse had no intention of allowing him to extricate himself quite so easily from an unpleasant position one moment master she said loudly and peremptorily prince or whatever you may wish to call yourself ere you show me a clean pair of heels i pray you to explain your presence here on Sir Marmaduke's doorstep at ten o'clock at night, and in company with his ward. For a moment, a second or two only, the stranger appeared to hesitate. He paused with one foot still on the lowest of the stone steps, the other on the flagged path, his head bent, his hand upraised in the act of readjusting his broad-brimmed hat then a sudden thought seemed to strike him he threw back his head gave a short laugh as if he were pleased with this new thought then turned meeting mistress de Chavasse's stern gaze squarely and fully he threw his hat down upon the steps and crossed his arms over his chest one moment mistress he said with an ironical bow i do not need one moment i have already explained explained how she retorted nay i'll not be trifled with master and methinks you will find that sir marmaduke de chavasse will expect some explanation which will prove unpleasant to yourself for your unwarrantable impudence in daring to approach his ward he put up his hand in gentle deprecation impudence oh mistress he said reproachfully let me assure you master she continued with relentless severity that you were wise and you returned straightway to your lodgings now packed your worldly goods and betook yourself and them to anywhere you please ah he sighed gently that is impossible you would dare she retorted i would dare remain there where my humble presence is most desired, beside the gracious lady who honours me with her love. You are insolent, master, and Sir Marmaduke—oh, he rejoined lightly, Sir Marmaduke doth not object. There, I fear me, you are in error, master, and in his name I now forbid you ever to attempt to speak to Lady Susanna Aldmarsh again. This command, accompanied by a look of withering scorn, seemed to afford the stranger vast entertainment. He made the wrathful lady a low, ironical bow, and clapped his hands together, laughing and exclaiming, Brava! brava! of a truth, but this is excellent. Pray, mistress, you will deign to tell me, if in this your bidding, you have asked Sir Marmaduke for his opinion." i need not to ask him i ask you to go go whither he asked blandly out of my sight and off these grounds at once ere i rouse the servants and have you whipped off like a dog she said angered beyond measure at his audacity his irony his manner suggestive of insolent triumph his muffled voice with its curious foreign accent irritated her as did the shadow of his peruke over his brow and the black silk shade which he wore over one eye even now in response to her violent outburst he broke into renewed laughter better and better ah mistress he said with a shake of the head of a truth you are more blind than i thought you are more insolent master than i had thought possible yet meseems fair lady that in the lonely and mysterious stranger you might have remembered your humble and devoted servant he said drawing his figure up towards her you an old friend she said contemptuously i have never set eyes on you in my life before to think that the moon should be so treacherous he rejoined imperturbably will you not look a little closer fair mistress the shadows are somewhat dark mayhap she felt his one eye fixed upon her with cold intentness a strange feeling of superstitious dread suddenly crept over her from head to foot like a bird fascinated by a snake she came a little nearer down the steps towards him her eyes too riveted on his face that curious face of his surrounded by the heavy parroquet hiding ears and cheeks the mouth overshadowed by the dark moustache one eye concealed beneath the black silk shade he seemed amused at her terror and as she came nearer to him he too advanced a little until their eyes met his mocking amused restless hers intent and searching thus they gazed at one another for a few seconds whilst silence reigned around and the moon peered down cold and chaste from above illumining the old house the neglected garden the vast park with its innumerable dark secrets and the mysteries which it hid she was the first to step back to recoil before the ironical intensity of that fixed gaze she felt as if she were in a dream as if a nightmare assailed her which in her wakeful hours would be dissipated by reason by common sense by sound and sober fact she even passed her hand across her eyes as if to sweep away from before her vision a certain image which fancy had conjured up his laugh strident and mocking roused her from this dreamlike state i-i do not understand she murmured yet it is so simple he replied did you not ask me a while ago if nothing could be done "Who?" who are you she whispered and then repeated once again who are you i am his royal highness prince amade Orleans," said sir marmaduke de chavasse lightly the kinsman of his majesty king louis of france the mysterious foreigner who works for the religious and political freedom of his country and on whose head le roi soile hath set a price and who moreover hath inflamed the romantic imagination of a beautiful young girl thus winning her ardent love in the present and in the near future together with her vast fortune and estates he made a movement as if to remove his but she stopped him with a gesture she had understood and in the brilliant moonlight a complete revelation of his personality might prove dangerous lady sue herself might still for aught they knew be standing in the dark room behind unseen yet on the watch he seemed vastly amused at her terror and boldly took the hand with which she had arrested his act of total revelation nay do you recognize your humble servant at last fair editha he queried on my honour madame lady sue is deeply enamoured of me what do you think of my chances now you you she repeated at intervals mechanically dazed still lost in a whirl of conflicting emotions wherein fear amazement and a certain vein of superstitious horror fought a hard battle in her dizzy brain the risks she murmured more coherently bah if she discover you before 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 she is legally my wife pshaw then of a truth my scheme will come to naught but will you not own editha that tis worth the risk afterwards she asked afterwards afterwards mistress he rejoined enigmatically afterwards sits on the knees of the gods and with a flourish of his broad-brimmed hat he turned on his heel and anon was lost in the shadows of the tall yew hedge how long she stood there watching that spot whereon he had been standing she could not say presently she shivered the night had turned cold she heard the cry of some small bird attacked by a midnight prowler was it the sparrow-hawk after its prey from the other side of the house came the sound of slow and firm footsteps then the opening and shutting of a door sir marmaduke de chavasse had played his part for to-night silently as he had gone so he returned to his room whilst in another corner of the sparrow-hawk's nest a young girl slept dreaming dreams of patriots and heroes, of causes nobly won, of poverty and obscurity gloriously endured. Mistress de Chavasse, with a sigh half of regret, half of indifference, finally turned her back on the moonlit garden and went within. End of chapter 8